Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Anyang hasayaw! Kamsam nina! I'm not Korean. My name is Carlos Santos. I'm one of the pastors. I'm your kid's pastor. I'm just amazed sometimes how Netflix is able to unite all us generations uh, during this pandemic. Isn't it amazing? So why don't I give it a test? Since I'm your kid's pastor, why don't you indulge me? Why don't we play a game? I'll show a picture. And these pictures will ask you whether you're old school or you're next gen. Right? Uh, well, I'll show you this picture. You go type on the chat box the answer what these pictures are. And you'll find out for yourself whether you're old school or next generation. Okay? All right. So first one up is this picture. This boy band. You know who it is? Why don't you go write it on the chat box? They came like an explosion. Yeah, you know, you know, you know if it's menudo, you know you're old school. <laughs> All right. Okay, here's the next boy band. I don't know them. I haven't heard their songs. I do know them. Just goes to show I'm not next gen. They're BTS. Ask any next gener. They know who they are. What about this anime? Some of you old schoolers know when I shout out, let's vault in. You know it's Vault of Five. Right. But if you're a next gen, you're probably watching with Deku and Todoroki and saying, plus ultra. Because you're watching My Hero Academia. Right. Now, how about sitcoms? And see sitcoms, if you're a gang and you have a family or your family's watching this sitcom, you're probably gathering around to watch and laugh at the antics of Friends. 10 years of friends, wow. But if you're watching K-drama, you love this family or this group of families in the little alleyway and you're they're thrilling to, me, like with me and my wife are thrilling to, the life of Reply 1988 family. You're watching the Reply series, there's 94 and 97. Did you watch this Walt Disney cartoon as an animated film or a live action 3D generated film? And of course, all generations everywhere assembled to watch The Avengers. Amazing how one film can unite all generations. I just thrilled to the preaching of Pastor Edre last week when he talked about uh, how we can bridge the generational gap, how we can intentionally be involved in each other's generations in our lives. I loved when he said that we, would, we need to really know the context of one another. And empowering the next generation with the skills that they have to give us really different kinds of viewpoints. It really struck my heart how we intentionally tried to put two generations together, multi-generations together. But let me ask you the question. Maybe some of you are still asking, should I really be involved with another generation? If you really think about it, if you're an old schooler, everyone's an old schooler to somebody else. We've all gone ahead of somebody else. And we're all next generations to somebody else. We're following in the footsteps of those who've gone before us. So we can be both. So from the old schooler's point of view, maybe I just wait till this next generation wises up and gets better before I start to get involved, you know, get my hands dirty. Or if you're a next generation looking ahead to those who've gone ahead of you, maybe you're thinking, oh, you know, they've messed things up. It's our turn now. And then there's nothing they can give us. Things are new now. So should we really get involved with one another? Well, the truth is, for those of you in the lockdown, families are in the lockdown, mommies and daddies, 
I feel you. Let me, let me uh, tell you this. I feel what you're going through because our kids are with us now 24-7. They're driving us crazy a little bit. In fact, it's drawn out some issues with me in particular. My son Eli, once I was playing an uh, online Pictionary with him and I was drawing um, an angry face. That word was angry. So I was drawing your usual angry emoji face and Eli went, me, I know, I know, I know. It's daddy. <laughs> you know, I didn't know whether to laugh or to cry. It kind of, the truth is, it broke my heart. Really, that's how you see daddy? Well, something's happened. It's, it's, it's not an easy time for us families, mommies and daddies. I know that. We know that. But there are so many stories of investing in the next generation that's bearing fruit. We all know that Mayor Vico Soto is uh, making such a great impact in his sphere of influence. And most of us know that he was from the victory group of Pastor Paulo Punsalan in Victory Fort. Our very own Joshua Lim is, is making an impact in the campus ministry. And he's under our campus missionary, our campus director, Johnny Depp. And before he was under Dennis Bandung, our kids' church teacher. All these stories can, are, are bearing fruit. But can we be intentional? That's the question. Can we be intentional in being involved with the next generation just like David was as we proceed with his life story with his son Solomon? Now, and you know that these issues, when we look at investing in the next generation, we know that the childhood is the time to be investing in them. If you look at the stages of child development, it's in this stage, the 3 to 12 years old, where uh, the, the identity of our boys and girls are secured. They get to deal with their gender roles. They get to deal with their peers and who they are in Christ. This is that time. You know what I'm talking about because as, even as adults, we are experiencing issues. We're dealing with issues that, whose roots can be traced down to the trauma we've experienced in our childhood. In fact, Dr. Tito Almadin, the pastor of pastors, counselor of counselors, when he's teaching us in biblical counseling, he always says, after we hear the story of the people we're ministering to, after we hear about their issues and what they're struggling with, we always ask, you know those famous words? How was your childhood? Because that's when it happened, during our childhood. And if you go back to the generational gap picture Pastor Edry was talking about, I want to submit to you that every generation, even though there's a gap, every generation still influences and makes an impact on the succeeding generations. Let's look at that closely. If you're a baby boomer, you know that you're, you're very, your way you're family-oriented is through work. You want to work for your family. You want to make sure they're financially stable. I used to think my dad was a workaholic, but actually that's how he loved us, by making, bringing home the bacon, you know, making sure we were, we were secure in our finances. What effect did that have on us, us Gen Xers? Well, we, we grew up really panting for time. We grew up uh, questioning the roles that we have. Should the woman be the only one working at home or can mommies have a career? Can, can't daddies have spent time with their kids? You know, now we start to question the establishment, authority, and, and really, uh, you know, explore and experiment with things. Now, how does that ex affect our Gen Zs and millennials? Well, the millennials were exposed to their parents. They, they had time with us. And now they, know, they no longer put their parents on a pedestal and they see through our imperfections and want to go past that to dig deep 
and explore new ideas and new ideologies, asking, always asking, why, why, why? Can't we do it this way? Can't we do it this way? Can't we see it this way? They want to explore and be part of the world around them. That's the millennial. So you see how one generation affects the other and then impacts the other. Whether we like it or not, we do have an impact on the next generation. The question is, will we be intentional? Just like David was, as we explore the story of him and his son, Solomon. Let's go to David. K-drama. Look at David's life. That was epic. 20 episodes, one and a half hours each kind of story. If you look at the book of Samuel, Kings and Chronicles, it's all there. We won't go to all of these uh, passages, but you know, we'll see his story. We know it. Almost, almost people even outside church know it. You know, the, he faced the giant and the giant was slain. The, the king was envious of him. So he had to become an outlaw and he had to put together his band of brothers. Uh, he had a time with the other woman, Bathsheba, and committed adultery, uh, which resulted in family conflict and struggles with his son Absalom, which forced him again to become to live life twice as a fugitive. And finally, after so much strife and struggle, he returned. The return of the king happened, and he was reestablished as the king of Judah and Israel. Whew, wow, that's enough for a thousand lifetimes. And yet now the question of succession. We enter his life asking who's going to be next? Who's the next king? Well, his son Adonijah, or Adonijah rather, Adonijah, used the opportunity of him in the twilight of his days, David in the twilight of his days, uh, used it as a chance to proclaim himself king. He got all of... David's men, he got Joab the general, Abiathar the priest, got them together and had a party proclaiming himself king. So Bathsheba, you know, all these names, no? Bathsheba, Adonijah, you know, parang k-drama din, pangalan. Well, Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, and Nathan, the prophet close to God and David, rushed to David to report this. Don't you know what's going on? And this, in first chapter, first uh, Kings, Chapter 1 is the scene that we will go into as all of you in your own homes uh, have an attitude of reverence for the word. In 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 1, let's read. When David's time to die drew near, he commanded Solomon his son saying, I am about to go the way of the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn, that the Lord may establish his word that he spoke concerning me, saying, if your sons pay close attention to their way, to walk before me in faithfulness with all their heart and with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Wow. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I am completely dependent on you. Thank you for the word you're giving us today. May it open our hearts, whatever generation we belong to. Speak your word to us and may it 
pierce our souls to tell us who we are and what you'd like us to do, how you'd like us to influence your children. But let it be all for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Amazing. Look at what David did for Solomon, his next generation. In fact, let me show you what Char. This is what he did, how he prepared the kingdom for Solomon. If you see this chart, all you have to do is screenshot it. We don't have time to go to all these verses right now in these different books. But you can see here that David received a vision from God and passed it on to to Solomon. He prepared the people for Solomon. He prepared provision and all the materials he needed to fulfill his task for Solomon. And Solomon stewarded that provision. And finally, he prayed over Solomon, proclaiming destiny and purpose in his life. In fact, that's what I want you to, to... to focus on right now, David established and proclaimed Solomon as king. Now the public uproar and proclamation already happened. Everybody, everywhere, even Adonijah feared what what went on when, when Solomon was proclaimed king. The kingdom was prepared. But now we're gonna zoom in into a very private conversation between David and Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 2, the text that we read. In verse 1, when David's time to die drew near, he commanded Solomon, his son, saying, I'm about to go the way of the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man. He wasn't being macho. He wasn't being misogynistic. He was proclaiming destiny. That this is a mighty destiny which requires strength and power. And you are that man for that purpose. And he charged him to keep all the ways of the Lord, all his commandments. Because the vision of the Lord was this, that if your sons pay close attention to, 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 the, to their way, to walk before me in, in faithfulness, you know, uh, with all their heart, with all their soul, you shall not like a man to stand on, to sit on the throne. Your, your reign will last forever. It, it has to be clear to us that David wasn't just establishing Solomon and proclaiming him in front of all people. Him personally, not because he believed in him. You know, I trust you. Just like what we say, change the campus, change the world, right? Not only because we believe in the next generation, but because he and we must receive a vision from God. It was because God said so. He received this vision through Nathan in the second book of Samuel, chapter 7, verses 11 to 16 saying that he would not be the one to finish the house of the Lord. I'm giving it to your son Solomon to do. Do we also have a vision? Us old schoolers, do we have a vision from God for the next generation? Do we believe in them so much? And get this, well, like, just like with David, do we tell them that to their faces? Do we tell them that personally? I believe in you. You know, it, it's those words, we're proud of you, does so much to a child's soul. I kid you not, many young men and women would come to me and say, Pastor Carly, do you remember me? I was your kid in kids' church. Oh, yeah, really? You know, did you have a good time in kids' church? Well, you know, I don't remember anything that you taught me. And I would go, really, I must not have been a good teacher then. But they would say, but I remember every time at the end of the service, you'd say you were so proud of us, that we had nothing to prove and that God loved us so much. They would always remember that. Are we telling them that personally? to their faces, to their hearts, that we're proud of you. We believe in you. Next geners, are you with someone who believes that you can do 10 times better? Old schoolers, we're secure that they can be 10 times better than us. 
But next generous, are we with people like that? Are we with people who can speak life to us and remind us of who we are in Christ? Or are we in a company that says, do whatever makes you happy. Even though that way lead, might lead to death, might lead to self-destruction. But are we with people who will remind us, this is God's mighty destiny for you and is proclaiming that over us. I kid you not. I mean, me and Eli have our arguments. <laughs> we raise our voices sometimes toward each other. But no matter what happens during the day, the night, no night ever ends without me proclaiming destiny towards him. He was, when he was young, he would cry into my ear. Ah, you know, the ear can handle 81 decibels maybe. He can cry like 86. And ah, you know, I'm holding this screaming infant, but I discovered a verse. I would proclaim Psalms 27 over him. I would say, you are a blessing, an inheritance, and a reward, a great reward. You're an arrow in the hands of a mighty warrior, in the hands of God. And I'm blessed by you. And you know what? I kid you not. Without fail, every night of his life, I'm trying to proclaim that over him. And I'm trying that without fail to say before he sleeps that you are a blessing, you are a reward, and a mighty arrow. Are we proclaiming that? Malachi chapter 4 says that, uh, Behold, this is the last book of the Old Testament. Before Jesus comes, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And get this. He will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. I submit to you, might it be we're experiencing this pandemic because God is arresting our attention. God is making us pause. He's hitting the pause button and, and giving us a chance for our hearts to turn to our children and their hearts to turn to us. Wow. We've been established by God to proclaim his mighty destiny in the lives of his next generation. Just like David recognized. Let me say that again. We've been established by God to proclaim his mighty destiny in the lives of his next generation. And David took, us, took it a step further. He not only declared that, not only established and proclaimed Solomon, he empowered and prepared Solomon to be king. Going back, let's go a bit further with our verse in 1 Kings chapter 2, going to verse 5. He, he said this, he pulled him close and said, I can picture him saying this. Moreover, you know what Joab, the son of Zariah, did to me? How he dealt with the two commanders of the armies of Israel, Abner, the son of Ner, and Amasa, the son of Jether. He killed his rivals. He killed these people, avenging in time of peace for blood that had been shed in war and putting the blood of war on the belt around his waist and on the sandals of his feet. He acted as if he was at war during a time of peace, eliminating his rivals. Remember Joab? He was going to Solomon. Act therefore according to your wisdom, but do not let his gray head go down to Sheol in peace. Are we telling the next generation they have an enemy? This is your enemy. Don't let your guard down. Are we giving them the no-holds-barred truth? We will always have to contend. While we're here on earth, we'll have to contend with sin and Satan. You know? Are we teaching them that? Are we showing them that we, we, can, we can be sinners too? But are we, are we uh, you know, banging the truth of the gospel that no matter how sinful we are, Jesus' great news is washed us as white as snow. Are we showing them that? Going further, uh, David's telling Solomon in verse 7, deal but deal loyally 
You have a team. You have people on your side. With the sons of Barzillai, the Gileadite, and let them be among those who eat at your table. For with such loyalty, they met me when I fled from Absalom, your brother. Wow. But let's also tell our, the next generation, they have, they have a team. They have a band of brothers around them. They have a church around them. We're with them. They have many tools and weapons at their side. Right now, we've just launched for Kids Church the one-to-one kids. You know, we know that our kids can be weaponized against the fight with Satan and sin. Just this week, we're starting to huddle after, uh, after the Kids Church online premiere this morning. We're, we're, afterwards, we start to huddle with our kids, telling them, showing them that they have a band of brothers and sisters around them, that we have a church that will stand with us in the fight against sin and Satan. And we know, we tell them that no matter what, no matter how far you've fallen, God will never leave you nor forsake you. Are we giving them that truth, that no holds barred truth of the gospel? And I want to point out this though, as David continues to give advice. Remember, there's this other guy, Shimei. Shimei, he was, he kicked me when I was down. He cursed me. And yet when he he met me at the Jordan, when I returned, he said, "I, I won't kill you, but don't, don't let him, don't, uh, don't hold him guiltless. But look at what he tells Solomon. For you are a wise man. You will know what you ought to do to him and you shall bring his gray head down with blood to Sheol. It shows something. He acknowledges Solomon's wisdom. As old schoolers, do we believe in them enough to know? Are we secure enough to know they'll be 10 times better so that we'll listen to them? Here's one thing, we'll teach and teach, but will we listen to them? Are we creating a safe place for them to express themselves and to explore God? Charlotte Mason, for some of you who homeschooling families probably know this, Charlotte Mason said, children are born persons. Based on Psalms 20, uh, 139, rather. In their mother's womb, God already knew them, forming them wonderfully and fearfully. They're not tabula rasas or blank slates where you can just push in and inject all our lessons for them to learn. No, they, they're, they're born with completeness, with a wiring and a personality. They're, they're deserving of dignity and respect already as they're born in the image of our God. You know, uh, old, old schoolers, do we listen and see the next generation the way God sees them, complete and whole, deserving of our respect. Next geners, is there someone we're listening to? Is there someone's wisdom who we're seeking and pursuing? You know, uh, don't, do we realize that we need someone to remind us of who we are in the face of what the world tells us, what Netflix will tell you, the movies will tell you, Spotify will tell you, this is who you are. But in the, in, in the face of all that, do we have someone who will remind us of who we are in Christ? You know, are we, are we starting to open and have honest conversations with one another? We may have differences of opinions in, in every area, family, finance, politics, economics, culture, whatever, art, music. But can we have honest conversations about this? Even if we have difference of opinions and some, some of them really vehement, right? Really passionate. But can we invite one another to have heart-to-heart talks? Why do you feel that way? Where are you coming from? Is that your experience? Can, we, can the goal be understanding between us? As David saw Solomon and wanted to understand him, to understand where, what he's, what's going to happen to him. And at the end, of, after we've talked to one another and they've shared all their, their, their pains of their heart, we can just ask the question, 
So, how was your childhood? Yeah, I'm not trying to be funny, but that's really true. You know, I have heart-to-heart talks with Eli. Eli has, he will say, Daddy, heart-to-heart. And he's allowed to ask me any question about myself, even the hard, tough questions like, where'd your anger come from? What was it like? Was that what it was like with you and Lolo, my daddy, my pops? Oh, my dad, he, he really imparted to me. He, he, he was an honest man. And yes, we had, we had the conflict, but what he, I got from him was that he would, he would cringe at dishonesty. Anybody who would lie to him, but I'm galit na galit And me, you know, I've, I've told the fib or two in my life. I repent, you know, but I, I cringe. And something inside me goes, no, I should, shouldn't have. I should uphold the truth. And my dad was like that. I got that from him. And there are many people who've imparted to me. I remember, uh, you know, whenever I go, you know them, right? You, they're the ones passionately shouting, ahu, ahu, in every worship service we have. They're, they're people that we can follow. Uh, you, if you know Kuya Cornel Bonco, the yo-yo man, most of you might know him. He spent a time with me during a uh, world conference and the athletic celebrity, I think he was a bas- I forgot his name, he was a basketball star and he was saying, we need to pass the ball. It's time to pass the ball. And Kuya Cornell turned to me. We were seated side by side. He turned to me and he, from his pocket, he reached out a ball, a little ball. You know him. He has props all the time. And he placed it in my hand. And I was there. That gesture was so heavy on me. I cherish that memory even up to now. Wow. I, I don't know where I'd been. You know, he say, where would they have picked me up? What pit would they have picked me up from? If not for men like this, men like Pastor Chico and Pastor Ariel and Pastor King speaking into my life, into my marriage, into my finances, into my time, into my heart. And you ought to know that, that when that happens, you know, us old schoolers get infected by the passion of the next generation. And then next generation, we receive direction and impartation. And when that happens, we build each other's faith up. And we see the picture that God has empowered us. We've been empowered by God to prepare each generation to advance God's kingdom. If you're with together and you see a next generation in your house, you've been empowered. You've got the power. Right? Or if you're in old school, you got the power. You know? Yes, we've been empowered to advance God's kingdom for each generation. Whew! I remember a king. I recall a king who was like King David. And he, he also reached out. He, despite the urge to just preserve himself and protect himself and fend for himself, he reached out to another generation and he did something radical, unknown, to create an explosion that was felt by all the generations to follow in order to advance God's kingdom. This king, King, our Lord Jesus Christ, he gave his life so that all generations would be saved. Jesus gave his life. Talk about a king. He's just like David. He, he traveled the distance, the miles of creation. He fought off, you know, uh, di- had te- been tested by different trials, fought unseen battles with unseen foes, performed miraculous, mighty miracles. Miraculous miracle, miraculous now miracle, but supernatural feats, you know, and and he also experienced heartbreak. He he had a he had people who were at his side for one moment, and then the next moment were stabbing him in the back. Wow! In the end, he was describing to his disciples at the moment where people were paying attention to him. He said this very ironic thing in John chapter twelve, verse twenty-three. 
23 says, And Jesus were answering the people questioning him. He answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Jesus fell and died to bear much fruit. He gave his life for the next generations. What would you be willing to, be, to give up? Old schoolers, would you be willing to give your time, develop, meet a next gener, you know, meet with them and impart to them, give them direction and help and secure them and claim over them destiny? Would you give your treasure even? Financial support. You know, you want to do that? You want to go do gymnastics, do math, do robotics? You want to do that? I'll, I'll support you. Campus missionary, I'll support you. I'll give financial partnership. Would you give your talent, your knowledge, all the, your wisdom and of all the testings that have happened in your life? Would you give that time and talent and treasure? And finally, would you give your trust to know that they'll be much better than we are? Next generous, would you be willing to... For us, would we be willing to give up our mistrust of the older generation? Would we be willing to give up our pride? You know, we've had to prove ourselves again and again, but give up our pride to listen to them. Are we willing to forgive them for mistakes of the past and together help forge hand in hand God's better future? You know, the Holy Trinity, God himself, is a beautiful picture of this this working together, generations working together. Generations doesn't have to be a, be a matter of age, but it can be a matter of roles. You have the Father, you have the Son, you have the Holy Spirit. And God is inviting us to be a reflection, to be part of this divine unity. And He meant for His church to be a reflection of this love and this power and this wonder and majesty, the majesty of this generationship. He's inviting all of us because God has established His children, get this, it may be long, but He's established His children to empower each generation to advance His kingdom throughout all generations. We're empowered. His children established and empowered each generation to advance His kingdom throughout all generations. If you're with somebody right now in your rooms, in your houses, and there's a next generation, there are different generations, would you hold your hands right now? Everybody hold each other's hands. And you get to choose who's the old, old schooler here. Don't fight over it. You know who you are. If you're a next generation, would you lay your hand on the old schooler? Or why don't we pray together, Muna? Let's pray together first. Father, thank you. We're holding out each other's hands right now. Thank you for this church that you built. Unity is only possible through the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you unite us. Thank you, Lord, that you're healing all our mistakes, all our guilt and shame. And you're making it capable for us to hold one another, not just in hand, but in spirit as well, declaring your mighty purposes for one another. Now, next gen, lay your hand on the old schooler. Let, let, let God speak to you right now, whatever, whoever old generation you are. The Lord is saying, you are not done yet. 
Doesn't matter what your circumstance is, financially or, or physically, doesn't matter, but you still have wisdom to give. You still have value in my kingdom, the Lord is saying. I'm still using you to impart to this next generation. It still needs to hear your voice. So may you be healed and restored in the name of Jesus. May strength be coming into your sinews and in your soul for the next generation. Right now, be refreshed, be refreshed, be strengthened in Jesus' name. See your value in Jesus' name. Now, old schooler, would you lay your hand on the next generation? May it be your brother or your son or your daughter, whoever it is right there. Lay your hand on him. And we say for all our children, we declare on you uh, uh, Proverbs, uh, Psalms 112, we proclaim on you uh, Isaiah 54, all. You have a covenant with the Lord Jesus. You have a covenant with God. He will establish your peace. He will establish your peace. He himself will teach you and there shall be no obstacle that you become mighty in this land and mighty for the Lord. Whether it's finances, whether it's depression, we destroy that now in the name of Jesus. Whether it's insecurity or any trouble or trauma of the past, we heal, be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Let nothing stop you from fulfilling the God-given, God-destiny that he's placed in your life. That you will change this world. You will change your generation. You'll advance his kingdom throughout all the generations to follow in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Wow. Wow. Now maybe you've seen this, this link. You've clicked on it and you've seen, wow, what a family this is. I want to be a part of that, but I'm not sure if I'm part of this family. All you have to do is say this. I confess. I confess Jesus, your Lord. Jesus, your Lord, and I believe with all my heart you, you, you died on the cross to forgive my sins but rose again from the dead so that I can be with you forever. In Jesus' name I pray. If you prayed that simple prayer and you want to experience what family is like, multi-generational family is like, multi-generational kingdom, please join us after this service in our connect rooms. And you know who's standing with you, like Solomon. <laughs> and now... In fact, you might engage us in discussion right now. We're flashing discussion questions right now on your screen. Why don't you take time to, to, to ask and discuss these questions with friends, with people who are with you at home about the next generation, about your generation and the next. Whew, I had an amazing time with you guys. Before we go, may I, may I you know, pray once again. Just bless you. May you be blessed. May the Lord bless you. Whatever generation you're with, may the Lord bless you and keep every one of you and may his make his face shine upon you every day of your life be gracious to you in every part of your life and give you much much peace this I pray in Jesus name Amen and Amen God bless you all subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victorialamang.church.